Radio's studio. Unique opinions, compelling conversation, and the best in afternoon entertainment. Now, the conversation continues. It's time for John's Choice on Drew Garabo Live. One of the side projects of Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. This is Pinhead Gunpowder with their cover of Big Yellow Taxi. I dig it. Old song, though. I used to listen to that. I had the 7-inch. That's how old this is. John's Joints, where John rolls out the fattest, dankest news stories to be found anywhere, shares them with us, and we all expand our minds while I play lullaby uh, versions of popular songs underneath. John? Joints being brought to you by Uptograph Laser Vision. I was lucky enough to experience the Uptograph procedure, and it still blows my mind to this moment. In and out in about four hours. Actually, the procedure took 15 minutes or less. You go into the LASIK suite where you see some colors, you feel a little bit of pressure on your eyes, but that's really it. They tell you to go home. They set you up to take a nice long nap, and when I woke up the next morning, uh, I went in for my consultation, the follow-up, if you will. Better than 2020 vision. No more sticking my fingers in my eyeballs trying to put in uh, any contacts. I don't have to deal with the fogging up during the summer with glasses I, or losing them altogether. And right now, Uptograph Laser Vision is offering $1,000 off LASIK and the consultation is completely free. So go ahead and give them a call. 727-551-2020. You can even book online. Check them out. LASIK, the number four, me.com. So uh, there's still a war going on, uh, just in case anybody needed to know. Uh, Russia is pushing through into the Ukraine. It's really, I won't use the word interesting because I don't know that it's interesting. It's, I don't want to use the word fascinating either. It's, It's the first time we're ever really having a war like this in the social media era. So, you know, I don't know if if social media was as big as it was, you know, when we went into Iraq, if you'd be getting all of these stories, because I think there's also this huge support for Ukraine where people almost want to buy into the stories of the ghost of of, of Kiev. And now there are other people coming about uh, that are supposedly just killing as many Russians as possible. Um, So there's that side of the story, that Russia is struggling, that Russia is now supposedly with this giant convoy they're running out of gas they're running out of food a lot of uh the russian soldiers supposedly had no idea uh that they were going to be killing civilians which they're doing a lot of uh the newest news this morning uh, at least five people were killed in ukraine uh this morning on an airstrike that targeted kiev's central tv broadcasting antenna and the country's main holocaust memorial soon after russia had warned residents to flee their homes is that a uh, is that a, a save face thing? Because I do wonder. They they seem to be killing a lot of uh, of innocent people. Is it 
they're realizing that there will be war crimes coming down on them, so they just throw out a warning to the people out there, hey, we're going to do some bombing, just to walk back at least the idea that they're just killing innocent people for no reason. Oh, man, I can't get behind the mind of a a megalomaniac like Putin. Harrowing footage captured the moment the huge antenna erupted into a ball of flames. The missile attack also targeted the Babinyar Holocaust Memorial, the site where nearly 34,000... do you just use the term Jews like in, in normal print? Like, is that an ex- it, it, Like, they wrote it, but I don't yeah. feel comfortable saying it. Seems like Jewish people would be a Yeah, 34,000 Jewish people were killed within 48 hours in 1941 as the city was under Nazi occupation, officials said. Well, doesn't that just uh, not make sense at all? Considering Vladimir Putin is supposedly on a mission to uh, denazify the Ukraine, uh, wiping out a memorial where 34,000 Jewish people uh, were killed. Um, you know, that, that seems like you're kind of off task there. Uh, the Ukrainian president, um, Zelensky, condemned the attacks, tweeting, To the world, what is the point of saying never again for 80 years if the world stays silent when a bomb drops on the same site as Babinyar? At least five killed. History repeating. I I can't wrap my head around what we are supposed to do. It does seem there are voices saying everything. We've got to rush to the Ukraine and rush to their defense. That would seem like the beginning of a much bigger conflict. But it is kind of crazy that the entire world is watching this and they're watching it and, and, and they're rooting on the Ukraine and we're sending them stuff. But nobody is actually willing to go there and defend them. It is It is kind of a bizarre thing. Uh, I just think that there are rules of engagement here and, and conflicting interests that make it such a sticky, sticky situation. Well, it would. I, I think. I think you know we can say all day, or people can say all day that they think that Vladimir Putin is is just bluffing by raising the the, the nuclear threat up there in uh, nuclear nuclear threat in uh, you, you know in Russia, which is pretty much means they're ready to go to a certain extent. Yeah, and then and then you wonder, could just one thing? Could just one thing make it? Not just a bluff? Is it, the, is it the United States? I keep hearing a lot about the uh, uh, making it a, a no-fly zone right. being the ultimate declaration of war. People want it to happen, but that would be almost the same as, as the United States showing up there. Right. There's no walking back if we defend their no-fly zone. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but the heartwarming stories of, of people, actual civilians having to rise up and fight a war, it's pretty damn cool. Uh, Ukrainian brewery has now switched craft beer sales for building Molotov cocktails in the fight against advancing Russian troops. The workers at Pravada Brewery in Lviv uh, decided to produce uh, the petrol bombs amid fears that Russian tanks will roll into the western city of about 720,000 residents near the Polish border. You know the thing that I don't I don't know if it's being reported enough because I just see certain images that make it very real. We're talking about areas that are super developed. I mean, I, yeah. I saw a write-up. Somebody shared a, um, a, a write-up on Kiev about the great coffee scene and the and the music and the nightlife. And it's just, this is not some barren wasteland of a, of a place that they're just coming in and taking. This is a, this is a thriving metropolis in some areas. Yeah. I know it's life is much different over there, but that makes it even more terrifying for, for, you know, Russia to be able to say, Hey, we're coming and we'll shoot missiles into the side of your buildings and run you over with our tanks. I don't, I'm not trying to say like, if it could happen to them, it could happen to us. But I do think it is important to realize this wasn't, 
you know, these people weren't living in tents before no, all of this. These aren't peasants. These are people who fought for their own independence and thought that they had it. And now Russia wants to take it back. The company began producing the incendiary weapons for the Ukrainian Territorial Defense Forces, which makes up of uh, reservists who responded to President Zelensky's call to take up arms. Uh, you have to you have to wait for the cloth to be well soaked, and when it is, that means the Molotov cocktail is ready. One smiling employee uh, told the Associated Press as he stuffed the cloth deep into a beer bottle filled with a mixture of oil and gasoline. Uh, the beers to bomb endeavor comes after officials in the capital urged locals last week to neutralize the occupier with homemade firebombs. Now, there is something super noble about just doing it, but let's also remember they can't leave. <laughs> if you're a man, uh, what was it, 20 to 60? Yeah. Uh, you can't leave. Nope. So it's either find a hole to dig yourself into and hope you're alive when it's all said and done. Or fight. And at some point, you've got to fight. And it makes it a lot easier to fight when you see this Zelensky man out there uh, on the front lines. He's he's a leader. He really is. By the end of this, I don't know what he's got uh, planned in his life. But if, if they make it out of this thing alive, he is going to have the world at, at, at his fingertips. And it, it's so crazy to see. And I would encourage anybody to do it, uh, to go find. You know, he was on, like, they're a version of America's Got Talent. Yeah. He did uh, their version of Dancing with the Stars. To see this man that is funny and likable for a lot of, uh, you know, for at least from our perspective right now, uh, can also be this badass leader is pretty cool. And and there is this, uh, I'm waiting to find out this quote wasn't real, but supposedly uh, when he took office, he said uh, to the people of Ukraine, don't put my pictures up in your office, put pictures up of your family and look to them every time you have to make a decision. And awesome. I thought, I thought that was a really, really cool, cool quote, so awesome. e- even if it turns out to not be true. Uh, another day, another issue with a gun at a school, this one close to home. A student at Pineview Middle School was arrested earlier today after they were caught having a gun at school, according to deputies. The Pasco County Sheriff's Office said the deputies investigated the situation after another student informed officials about a gun on campus. The weapon was found in a backpack, according to the Sheriff's Office. Deputies said there were no threats made to the school and no one was injured in the incident. However, the Sheriff's Office said it would be increasing security at the school for the day as a precaution. Uh, The student who had the gun was charged with possession of a firearm on school grounds. Middle school, man. Middle school, man. It's a... Hey, just 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 be aware. But if you had a, a, a gun in the backpack rumor in middle school, would you have believed it? Like someone? Oh my God! Somebody brought a, a gun. We the, we did. Oh. We, well, no, we had after. I always feel like it was after Columbine. But what, does that make sense? What year was Columbine? I think two thousand one, right? I think it was before. That. Either way, right after Columbine, 99. I was in seventh grade, and we were, had school canceled, and we were taken out for bomb threats, probably. 10 to 15 times in the months after that, it became a thing. There was like a two week period where myself and a bunch of kids didn't go to school because there were constant threats. Somebody wrote in big black marker on the mirror in the school, um, like the date and time and that they were going to blow up the school. So April 20th, 99, it was 99. Yeah. Yeah. So Damn. It, it, um, it was crazy. It was crazy. All at because that time. of Marilyn Manson. I would have uh, a little bit of Eminem too. Let's not, yeah. let's not let him yeah. off the hook or the parents at, but, uh, it's a, uh, it's just crazy, man. I don't know how parents stay sane when, if, if you, uh, if Oof. you just look at the news just for a second. So true. I don't know who's right and wrong here, but I, but I'm certain there's a lot of politics at play. Despite the request of president Joe Biden, 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he will not be sending uh, National Guard troops uh, to the District of Columbia for the president's State of the Union address, which will take place tonight. The reason was not immediately clear. According to the governor, the Biden administration requested state guards send troops to Washington last week. DeSantis announced his refusal to send guardsmen via Twitter uh, yesterday. Uh, Last week, the Biden administration requested the assistance of state National Guards to deploy to Washington, D.C. I have rejected this request. There will be no Florida Guard sent to D.C., for Biden's State of the Union. In response to the question about why DeSantis would not be sending Florida guards for Washington to Washington for the State of the Union, the governor's office said service members should not be made political and issued, uh, and issued a response. That's, it's all politics here. Right. But, but my biggest question is, does there ha- do they have to have these walls up in National Guard from everywhere around, around Biden tonight? That's political to me. That is, that is simply political. Yeah. Maybe due to the crazy stuff that's going on in this world, they've received threats that maybe, we don't even know about. Maybe you know, and that's 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 not uh, that's probably not out of the realm. But with that, uh, everything's so political these it, days. It really is. Uh, like his request, probably the response, probably everything. Well, and he he dug in a lot because if you remember, remember the details on when there was that we'll call it an occupation for lack of a better term. The National Guard was was at the at the Capitol for months, I believe, and it started getting ugly. We started seeing about about the food with the metal shavings in oh, it yeah. and all that. So, and he leans into that last week, the federal government requested all states and national guard personnel to DC, uh, to prepare for the anticipated first amendment protest. The national guard should never be misused for political purposes. Last year, when the national guard deployed to DC around the inauguration, they were forced to sleep in freezing parking lots, all for a regime spectacle. Our dedicated patriotic service members deserve better. So, you know, this is this is going to be a uh, I would just say at this point, let's hope uh, let's hope nothing really bad happens in Florida, because I can see Biden being like, hey, how you doing down there, buddy? You want a little FEMA? You want a little FEMA down there? Hurricane relief, huh? Here's yeah. some hurricane relief. I'm relieving myself <laughs> all over you and you had a hurricane. Um, my buddy Dennis just got back uh, from New York and every day he was there. I sent him a different terrible news story, pretty much saying, what the hell are you doing there and why are you there? And he got back today and, and I, I sent him this story and said, oh, too bad. I thought this was you. But at this point, I don't know if I'd ra- and I'm being serious. I don't know if I would rather be stabbed multiple times in the neck and face if I knew I could live. Okay. If I knew I was going to live, right, or this, a Bronx man who allegedly smeared human feces on a woman's face on a subway platform last week has finally been arrested. Uh, that coming directly from the NYPD, Frank Abraqua, he's 37, approached a 43-year-old woman who was sitting on the bench on the southbound platform of the Wakefield 241st Street subway station in the Bronx around 5.15 on Monday of last week. Suddenly... Without saying a word, he hit the unsuspecting woman in the face and in the back of her head with human feces. Brown face. It, it is. I mean, one, one, I don't know if this is a redeeming factor. Uh, it is unclear whether or not it was his. I would think so. But then again, but, in a New York subway, you might just have a pile well, of human feces. Well, who's to say that, you know, you don't, uh, who's to say you didn't, you know, find it from a dog? You know, whether someone was out walking their dog and you just grabbed that. Do, am, I, am I off base there? If you had the choice, stabbing and living or having a bum's, uh, um, I don't know if the fact that yeah, they're a bum has anything to do it with does. it. Uh, they're, 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 they're poo-poo on your face? Uh, you're not, I mean, your, your preference is your preference. Uh, I'll take the poo. Oh, you will? Oh, yeah. 
Over a stab? For sure. But you're going to live. But it's going to hurt. But you're never going to be able to forget the the, the, the fecal matter. I think I, I, could, I think I could dull it out of my mind. Are you sure? No. Uh, the nauseating incident comes amid a frightening uptick in Big Apple subway crime. In response to violence, uh, the mayor announced his subway safety plan, pledging to crack down on rule breaking and preventing people from living on the trains and in the stations. Uh, supposedly, teams of outreach workers and city cops began last week canvassing the subways to identify mentally ill and homeless people. I really wonder how it goes that bad that quick. I mean, a couple years is a long time, but but to think, like, where were all the people that are committing crimes now a few years ago when there wasn't as much crime? Right. Are we to believe that the, the stress of the, the world and of the pandemic and everything that comes along with it turned decent people into criminals? And I know they've got a lot of problems with letting people that shouldn't be let out of prison early out of prison, but I just... To see such an uptick, and, and to me, although it's been years, a, a relatively short period of time, you've also you almost got to wonder: is there is there a, is there a drug out there that is hitting people the wrong way? Right. Like, what can turn somebody into a complete Ugh. maniac overnight? I don't know. Drugs, mental illness. An interesting list compiled here, an article from Wallet Hub, uh, based on a, a a number of things, including a. Uh, Healthcare, safety, economic standing, and social well-being, uh, they compiled a list of the best states for women to live in. Oh. And um, I'll, I'll start at the well, – let's play a little guessing game All here. Right. Give me who you think – give me three of the bottom five. For women to live in? For women to live in. New York. The bottom five. Bottom five. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, New York, although you may end up raped or with feces on your face, is number three, oh, okay. meaning the third best place for women to live. And I'm going to go... Uh, Think a little differently. Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Coming in at number 50, Alabama. Oh, good, good one. All good right. One. Thank you. Uh, then going by that, I'm going to go over to Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Oh. Kentucky coming in at 29 on the list. All right. So not too far. Georgia. Uh, Georgia coming in at number 43. South Carolina. South Carolina right in that top five or bottom five, however oh. you look at it. South Carolina coming in at 48, uh, followed by Arkansas, Alabama, oh. and ladies, uh, I guess, don't move to Oklahoma because that, according to this, is the worst place for a lady to live in the United States of America. Not okay. Uh, Florida, where, just if you just had to guess... 17. Okay. Where are we? Uh, 27. Just 10 away. So right in the middle. You know, not going to change the world as a woman, but you're not going to be, you know, you won't be expected to stay in the kitchen and make sandwiches all day either. We don't have subways because of the aquifer. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. Well, we do, but but they don't serve real tuna. Samuel L. Jackson has a few choice words. Did you see this? I'm very excited Uh -uh. to get your opinion on this. Uh, For podcaster Joe Rogan, in a recent... Uh, in a recent print uh, interview, the actor shared his thoughts on who can and who cannot use the N-word. The comments came while Jackson was on the subject of one of Rogan's latest controversies, uh, this time his use of racial slurs on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Say you're sorry because you want to keep your money, but we're having fun, and you say you did it because it was entertaining. That's coming from Samuel Jackson. Uh, Rogan's prolific use of the N-word was called out last month. Um, who after a montage of more than two dozen times uh, where he used the slur in the past 12 years. Rogan apologized, but Samuel Jackson, 
not buying or accepting the apology. Uh, he is saying nobody understood the context when he said it. This is Samuel Jackson, but he shouldn't have said it. It's not the context, dude. It's that he was comfortable doing it. There are moments when the word is appropriate. The pulp action actor continued like with when it's an element of what the story is about. Jackson then cited his director pal, Quentin Tarantino, to make his point. Oh, okay. I was, uh, was going to ask if he said anything yeah, about QT. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, who, and he's also been called out for using the N-word in the past. Sure. Uh, but it's different for him, according to Samuel Jackson. While we were rehearsing Django Unchained, Leo DiCaprio said, I don't know if I can say the N-word this many times. Okay. Uh, Jackson said, me and Quentin said that you have to. Every time someone wants an example of overuse of the N-word, they go to Quentin. It's unfair, he added. He's just telling the story, and the characters do talk like that. When Steve McQueen does it, it's art. He's an artiste. Quentin's just a popcorn filmmaker. I mean, you need to understand the bias that occurs when Samuel L. Jackson has un- made untold millions from Quentin Tarantino's yeah, movies. Yeah. It's tough to separate uh, the art from the uh, artiste, as he would say, when you're p- pulling out all that. Ch- I mean, without Quentin Tarantino, Samuel L. Jackson's IMDb looks drastically oh different. Like it would have ended with Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I don't like Joe Rogan's use of that. I don't think there was any excusing it. Uh, he doesn't need to answer to me. But I don't see that much of a difference between Joe Rogan using it in a podcast where you can like it or not. He's probably playing the role of Joe Rogan and uh, and Quentin Tarantino writing a movie where he himself uses that as well as other white characters. Well, here's where I would really dig into it. So and I won't I'm not looking to defend Rogan in any in any scenario. But there's also been uh, the Young Turks who they have a a super left leaning um, uh, news show. I don't even know if it's on TV anymore, but they came under fire because there happened to be. 20, 30 different clips where if it, if a story came about, and this was a lot of the situation with Rogan, if a story came about with the N-word in it, if I'm saying, hey, this guy got his ass beat because he called somebody the N-word, right. and then they say the N-word. If you are retelling a story in which it was said, how is it different from telling a story? Like if you're doing it as a movie, so right. I'm telling a story – as a, as a director, yeah. and then I'm telling the story because I'm just telling the story. I actually find one, may, you could almost make an argument that the other one is more offensive because you have the artistic capability to just not use it. Right. If you're telling a story in which it actually happened and it's truth, it actually happened. You just made it up. The, the you know There was no dead end storage in real life. He no. just decided that he needed to say that in the movie. It's an interesting way of looking at it. One could say that when you're using it fictionally in, in screenplay, you're allowing character development to take place. Like, we look at Jimmy's character in Pulp Fiction, we go, what a weird thing to say because he's married to Bonnie, a black woman, yet he has no problem telling Jules and Vincent that there's no sign that says dead end storage in yeah. the garage. It's a mess. Let's just say, it. don't be using it. And, yeah. and did you see about the guy who lost his, I think, a tenured position. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, he was, a, he was the Mac guy, the the, the cosmetics guy. Uh, Estee Lauder. Yeah. Uh, $10 million a year. I, I actually thought the meme was pretty funny. If they, It's a meme of it's Big, Big Bird. Bird. And is it Snuffleup? It's some S- other. Snuffy's in bed with Big Bird, and he's got a, <laughs> he's got a, a thermometer in his mouth, and it says, my N blank 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 A Snuffy. Got COVID at a Chingy concert. At a Chingy concert. Like, it's the dumbest thing ever. He shared that on his Instagram. 
and, and lost a $10 million a year million. job. I, that being said, if you have any semblance of a decent job, how you can in good conscience hit the send or the post button on anything incorporating the N-word, yeah. you're just an idiot. And that goes for, that goes for, that goes for Joe Rogan oh, yeah. as, as well. Like, if, you, if you're going to go down that road, like, if they took the podcast from Joe Rogan, I don't think that there would be too much to argue with just in the world that we live in now. Nope. You can look at every instance and go, okay, well, he was telling the story here, and this is why I used it here. But I just think anytime you have that many uses of the N-word, and we're not going back decades. We're no. going back maybe 10 years on some of them. I just think that, that, that that's where we are in society. You yeah. don't get a second look. Tough to defend you if you, if you give them ammunition. So I'm not I'm not like looking for input from parents, but I am very intrigued in what is going on. Um, and I don't know if any of your I think your nephews are probably out of this, but because I saw the story over the weekend, and then on Sunday I was FaceTiming with my nephew, and he said, "I've got to show you something." And what he wanted to, what he insisted in showing me, and he was very excited to show me, is Huggy Wuggy. Huggy Wuggy? And, and, and the headline reads, Huggy Wuggy, what parents need to know about the disturbing new social media trend impacting kids. But I can't figure out like what the actual problem is here. Huggy Wuggy, right. a popular character from an online video game, is raising concerns among some parents of elementary school age children. According to Parents.com, the name sounds cute and cuddly, but the character is quite the opposite. And he is. Like, this, this thing is... um. It's it's very very scary. Right. Like it's uh, I, I don't know if he has teeth for uh, or, or nails for teeth, but no. it's a scary scary creature. Okay, here's what they say you should do about the new social media trend. What is Huggy Wuggy? Thank you. The character is an evil villain in a 2021 horror PC game called Poppy Playtime. <laughs> it's a survival horror game set in an abandoned toy factory, and the Huggy Wuggy character tries to hunt down the players while singing them creepy songs. Good Lord. Some school uh, schools are warning parents that kids are offering classmates hugs while recreating the song sung by Huggy Wuggy, the character. So, is that the is that it? I guess. I guess it's just because it's scary. But I mean, if the kid's not scared of it, um, Joey, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're there. If you've got a picture of Huggy Wuggy, I, I got to have Drew see this I'll creature. Do, I'll just Google Huggy yeah, Wuggy. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't. It, it, I almost feel, and it doesn't come right out and say it. Is there a problem with um? Is there a problem with the hugging aspect? Ooh, I don't know, but he's scary. That's looking. a scary creature, right? Frightening. Uh, so some are saying that it is upsetting for young children. It can scare them, especially if they're not prepared. Uh, so maybe some kids are just showing other kids uh, pictures of Huggy Wuggy. Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> Give me the shower. This is Poppy Playtime. What? Huggy Wuggy is kissy. Huggy Wuggy and kissy is so sad. <laughs> That's funny. Huh? Something is not right. Oh, yeah. It was just a joke. <laughs> Okay, that's that's, that's terrifying. That's, but why are little kids into that? I I don't know. If something turned with these kids, and now they're they into like all the, they, they like love creepy the scary. stuff. So yep. my my nephew is five. He's infatuated with Halloween. So during the you know I guess kids started liking uh, Spirit Halloween and yeah. all the animatronics. So that's actually what we got him for Christmas. We got him one of those. It's it's a big giant. The name of it is Johnny Punk, and it's like a it's like a scary uh, it's like a scary dead clown kid that swings on a swing. Oh man, how far have we fallen?
Whatever happened to like the Care Bears and stuff like that? Bring prayer back in public yeah, schools. Yeah. I mean, he likes SpongeBob too. But uh, and lastly, to wrap up, an interesting day uh, from the leaders of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they're at the combine right now, and uh, two pieces of audio for you to wrap up the joints. First, I love hearing the backstory on how Tom Brady ended up in Tampa Bay. Uh, Jason Light was on Good Morning Football this morning, uh, live from the combine, and he was asked at this point in the season. Two years ago, did you have any idea that Tom Brady was possibly coming to the Bucks? Cool. Were those conversations happening? Now that it's over, can we go back and open the book and be like, when did that all really start going down? No, you know, it was he was it was in our plans. We were he was we had to have door number one, door number two, door number three, all those different things kind of converging at once, and it came to a head when free agency started. So. At this point that year, we had no idea. It was in the same, really knew about as much as you did. Yeah. And uh, so it, it came to a head as soon as free, free, agent, free agency started. And, and man, what a day that was. And what's this franchise like now with Brady now on the way out to then before he got here? What kind of impact did he leave on not only the players, but the organization as a whole? Well, tremendous. When we, when we signed him, we, we talked about that, how the impact that he was going to have, me having firsthand experience being in New England with him for seven years, what he's done for them and what he's done for us is just that it's built a winning culture along with our coaching staff and BA of course but um, built a winning culture um, set the standard very high it's pretty interesting to uh, to hear that they didn't really know that was going to happen and I'll save the other one Bruce Arians out here uh, talking about whether or not for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.